Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Welcome to By the Mash Tun, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about some beer. I'm Mike Harrison Wood. I'm Carl Noble. And we have a guest with us today. Yes, we do. We do have a guest. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Darren. Uh, I'm a home brewer from Reading. Yeah. And you also run the Reading Amateur Home Brewers Society. Yeah, I'm co-founder of Reading Amateur Brewers. Yeah. Sorry, I added society then. It's not, it's not a society. It Sorry, might it is. be a society. What, what does it take to make it a society? That's a good question. We get called a lot of different things, though, as well. Yeah, okay. Such as? Uh, for a while, we were just Reading Homebrew Club. Okay. Um, we went, uh, did a wee rebrand as Reading Amateur Brewers. Wanted to sound a little bit more slick. Uh, how long have you been running that, then? Um, our first meeting was probably about four or five months ago. Okay. It's something we've been talking about setting up for... Over a year. Yeah. Uh, me and the other co-founder, Alan, were members of the West Berkshire Homebrew Club. Right. Uh, which only meets about four times a year. And That's not very often, yeah, exactly. is it? No, it's not. So we were end up, we missed a few and you're like, well, I haven't been to Homebrew Club in like a year. <laughs> so you thought there was a big enough demand. Stop, stops being a club at that point, really, doesn't yeah. it? Just somewhere you turn up to occasionally. Exactly. Some yeah. people you, you have a beer with now and then. So we thought there was kind of enough demand to have a, a more frequent meeting. Okay. Uh, particularly closer to Reading. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure as you guys know, the West Berkshire Brewery is a little bit out of the way. It is a little yeah. bit out of the way. Mike probably knows that better than yeah, for, all of us. Yeah, for 99% of people that go there, it does involve a drive. So yeah. either that's getting someone to drive you there so yeah. that you can enjoy the homebrew, or it means you're having such small samples of everything that yeah. that, that you're good to drive afterwards. Which, which is a bit um, of a shame. Yeah. So where, where do you guys meet? Is it, It's at Brewdog, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so we meet on the second Thursday of the month okay. uh, in Brewdog in Reading, 7pm. Uh, how can people contact you? Because uh, if any of our listeners in Reading haven't heard of it. Yeah, so we have a Twitter feed, Reading yep. uh, Amateur Brewers, Instagram. Um, our new website has just went live this week, so readingamateurbrewers.co.uk. Awesome. Uh, we have a mailing list. You can sign up to there to get monthly updates on our meetings. Um, yeah, so basically any social media we have a facebook page as well oh brilliant and it's uh, i'm assuming it's like a growing club like do you have like kind of a hard limit because I've, I've never ran a club before so it's like do you, do you just go <laughs> nah, i'm sorry yeah, there's too many people this isn't in. a club this uh, is a group yeah exactly yeah we don't want to set an upper limit um we've had about 20 25 people at our last meeting where we had jd ah, awesome. from well weather speaking about spruce beer yeah oh that sounds reminiscent of yeah, an episode we did <laughs> it does doesn't it yeah, we uh, worked hard picking that, those spruce tips for you guys to yeah. then just uh, sit back and, and watch them chuck in the, the mash sun. <laughs> I, we we were eating them as well, literally just out of a bowl. Like, they yeah. were so tasty. I don't think we even tried eating them. Oh, you we should were, have. It's, it's intense. Our hands yeah. smelt very intensely of the <laughs> citrus. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you do it next year, pop a couple in your mouth while you're at it. I yeah, can highly advise it. It's I think brilliant. JD's got a few ideas already planned for what he might brew next year and, and we okay. might pocket some of them ourselves and then do a few different more experimental styles yeah. across the club and just see what we can come up with oh, that sounds interesting we'll, we'll come a lot easier as well yes yeah definitely nice so good to see it's growing in such a short amount of time it's yeah yeah um it's growing quite quickly uh, we seem to be pulling in new people every month so hopefully that continues yeah and oh, you're also awesome. involved in the london beer lab yeah so i work part-time as a homebrew instructor at london beer lab down in brixton 
where we just kind of teach courses introducing people into home brewing using um, a brew in the bag system so kind of 20 litre kits yeah uh, most of the time people have never brewed before it's gifts or stag do's and things like that and we just kind of give them a, a hardcore session yeah and they take the beer home with them i have a come back bottle it in a few weeks and take that beer home with them ah, awesome how did you get into that uh, a friend of mine pointed out they were looking for instructors and it's just a kind of ad hoc um, weekend basis. I was just yeah. interested in, in trying to uh, increase my experience of brewing while not necessarily having to brew 20 Yourself. liters every yes. week and, and mm. get through it all. Yeah, that, that can be a, a struggle when you know, you've got no occasions and uh, that in that couple of weeks and uh, just trying to get through a certain amount of beer by yourself can be a, a bit a bit tricky. Sometimes it's easier to find volunteers to take the beer yeah. off your hand than <laughs> Yeah, I found that. Like my flatmate is always happy if I've made too much beer. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll help beer. you with that. Cheers, buddy. Nice. It's very kind of him. I know, right, isn't it? <laughs> he's, he's so giving. Uh, but you have been busy. You've been brewing. Yeah, I have. Um, and uh, you've been brewing what we are looking at today. A barley wine. How convenient. Yeah. Know, right? <laughs> so what made you think, oh, okay, I really fancy brewing a barley wine? Because it's quite a, an intense style, isn't it? Yeah, so as well as being co-founder of the Reading Amateur Brewers, I also run a bottle club based at a brew dog in Reading as well. And one of the other attendees there, um, we had a, a particularly good barley wine one day and we were just talking nonsense as you do during the bottle club yeah <laughs> and someone came up with the idea that we should have a beer called mash tun monkey right okay we, we didn't believe that this wasn't a beer so we were on untapped immediately going right someone's obviously done the mash tun monkey no one had i'm like well okay i feel like mash tun monkey what kind of beer style would that be probably something where the mash tun's quite uh full quite yeah quite a lot going on in there so i thought a barley wine was the obvious choice uh, i'd never brewed brewed, uh, brewed a barley wine before um, yeah, I haven't. I know Cal. No, 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 no I never have. No. I think largely one of the reasons was I was previously using quite a small kind of igloo insulated mash tun. Right, okay. Where I'd even struggled to get an uh, MP stout out of it. But right. I recently upgraded to a, a nice shiny stainless steel SS Brewtech <laughs> mash tun. I was like, well, if there's nice. one way to test the limits of this mash tun, <laughs> that, that's it. how you do it. Nice. Uh, it was pretty full, um, I'm not going to lie, but it survived. And yeah. we, we hit the gravity we're aiming for. So, uh, oh, excellent. Yeah. That's pretty good. So like, like, just kilogram-wise, how much grain was there? Like, like just, you know, out of the whole lot of it? Just shy of 12 kilograms. That's quite a lot, a 20-litre batch. That, that is a lot. That is yeah. dodgy. Yeah, it wasn't fun digging out. <laughs> no, I can't imagine it was. Because cause you've got to go, like, you've got to take it downstairs. Like, do you brew in your kitchen? Yes, yeah, so I brew in the, the second floor of my flat, uh, and I need to take it out, yeah, right. Do, do you just shovel it out the window, or, uh, <laughs> like, I hope somebody's down there with a bag, maybe? Sometimes uh, I use it to uh, fertilise the plants. Seem, in front, yeah, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good way, doesn't it? And uh, so I can imagine 12 kilograms of grain dry yeah. is one thing, yeah. but 12 kilograms wet Yeah, is, yeah. It's a lot. A different beast, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you've got like just like a bin you put in and drag that downstairs, or do you put it just in the like a, rubble sacks? Just a fermentation plastic bucket. Oh, right. And, and you just, just and then sh- just slop it out. Yeah. That's pretty good going. I, I, I just slop into rubble sacks and then hope they don't break as I try to turn into the bin. <laughs> I don't really have many rubble sacks kicking around there. I would say I specifically buy rubble sacks for <laughs> that purpose because <laughs> I tried bin bags once. Did not work. They yeah. just melt straight through, especially if you do it when the grain's hot. Yeah. Once so, and only once. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, it was quite the mess to clean up. I'm lucky enough to have a compost heap, so it's just turn it upside down. And my partner's recently up. got an allotment, and uh, she was a bit pissed that I didn't keep it for her <laughs> compost there. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be plenty more. Yeah. Well, if she wants me to brew again, I can. Yeah. Not an issue. No, no, it's easy, isn't it? Yeah, I've heard other uh, livestock is is good for spent grain as well. Chickens eat that type of thing. I've up. been told that horses don't like the grain bills from dark beers, though. They're a bit more Ooh, fussy. Picky. Don't know why. Horses, though. I mean. What are you going to do with them, eh? Give it to pigs. Pig, pigs, they'll, they'll, they'll gobble anything, anything down. They'll, anything. Yeah. They'll eat concrete. No, they won't. That's, that's a bit as far. But <laughs> Should we talk about the recipe instead yeah, of pigs yeah, eating yeah, concrete? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, so barley wine is obviously um, quite a in-depth in, in uh, process-wise style. It, it's not just a simple uh, mash for 60, boil for 60. There's, there's a lot of different tweaks and stuff. But with... 12 kilograms of grain what what did you do to maximize didn't everything? have any twigs for a start that's always <laughs> a good one so for grain bill um largely pale malt so i think the uh, grain bill isn't particularly complicated it's just pretty big so i had about 85 percent pale malt five percent crystal uh, i went for a medium crystal five percent munich and then um a little bit of carapels just for head retention mm-hmm so pretty straightforward uh, grain bill. I did add a little bit of honey as well, oh, just nice. to give it a little bit of flavour there, but also just boost the fermentables. And I aimed for a efficiency of 60%, which is a bit lower than I would normally go for, but that high gravity, yeah. I knew I was going to take a kicking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So nice. uh, hops-wise, did you... So I was going for more of an American-style barley wine. So right. I went with Chinook, classic Fair, yep. American hop. Um, 50 grams after boiling for one hour. So I did a two-hour boil in total to get more caramelization and just to produce, uh, reduce that volume down as well to yes, help me hit yeah. that gravity. And then another 50 grams uh, with about 10 minutes left just for a bit of hop flavor and aroma in there as well. Oh, nice. Because mm, there's such a big, heavy hit of malt in yeah, most need, barley wines. Yeah, you need a good amount of bitterness just to kind of back up mm. that sweetness so it's not cloying. Yes, yeah. Because I mean, like with the alcohol, I mean, what, what percentage is this aiming to come out at? So it should be coming out, if I just check my notes, uh, <laughs> just shy of 10. Okay, yeah, so it's, so it's going to have the alcohol sweetness as well, so yeah. you're going to want that bitterness there to just balance it balance it out. Yep. So the original gravity came in at 1.12, <laughs> which is uh, by far the highest I've done, but there was yeah. a, a little bit of an ulterior motive um, for doing this beer at this time as well. So there's a homebrew competition which has been run by London Amateur Brewers next year where all the entries have to have an original gravity above 1.1. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I figured it might take a little bit of time to kind of develop, so I thought we'll get this in a, a good year in advance. Yes, yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, what yeast are you using to kind of drive that down then? So I decided to uh, be a bit experimental yeast-wise uh, and say go for a, a quake yeast, so I went for quake Voss, mm. um, largely because I was also adding some sweet orangepeel and the okay. oil. so um i wasn't just going for a classic american barley wine i also that da- also added 50 grams of sweet orange peel and then i thought the creek voss would really bring out some of those citrus esters yes as yeah well. mm. some more orangey flavor in there and then just to go crazy i decided to add one and a half kilograms of toasted coconut oh nice uh, <laughs> in the secondary fantastic did you toast the coconut yourself no i did not yeah wait, wait, she wait. did oh right okay you got somebody else uh, to do no, it for yeah, you yeah i bought one and a half kilograms off Amazon 
Yeah. Ah, see, like, because I've done toasted coconut um, porter before, um, and I normally just toast it myself because I'm like, where am I going to get toasted coconut from? But Amazon. It was quite easy to get. Yeah, a lot of health food stores seem to sell it as well. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. that kind of size of bag, though. That was yeah. The issue. I do just quite like like just buying loads of like desiccated coconut and frying them up. Well, don't dry frying them in a pan and just the smell. Mm. It's brilliant. And then if you've got any left over, you can make a really nice sort of like carrot coconut cake. Interesting. Honestly, it's banging. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely primo. I remember the uh, the episode we did, the coconut brown. Yeah. And just turning up to your flat that day. Was, oh, uh, it smelled so yeah. good. I did listen to that, I think, about a week after. Yeah. Uh, I added the coconut to the barley wine, and, and I think you said you used a few hundred grams, and it was very intense. Yeah. I was like, crap, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I, like I think, grams. to be honest, with the percentage of the beer that, you, you, that you're using, it'll be... Yeah, I did take the idea a little bit from um, a barley wine from... An American brewery, yeah, they called the brewery. They have okay, a, a barley wine called Mash and Coconut, where they used the boy would have been the equivalent of two kilograms. So I yeah. dialed it back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, because I need to experiment more with the coconut. Because uh, when I first uh, made the kind of coconut brown, this was years and years ago when I first started brewing. I actually contacted Kona Brew because um, they have a coconut brown ale, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll contact them, and they were really open and helpful. Um, but they were saying that they also put some in the mash as well. So they put toasted coconut into okay. the mash. Um, so, yeah, I need to experiment more with it to just kind of see exactly how much I need because there's no way on a big scale they can be using the quantities that I, that I was using when I first started, like kilograms of it. There's no way they could be using that. It'd just be too too expensive. Yeah, So that's up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, Mike, you did some research today, didn't you? On yeah, the just, background uh, of barley wine. Yeah, just on the, a, a few little bits of the history. and Because uh, it is quite an old style. Uh, it's especially, well, more of the, the English barley wine being a, a traditional style. Uh, as far back as 1870, I think, was the first one. Something called Bass Number no. 1. Bass Number no. 1. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's never been one of those styles that sort of super popular but those that tend to like it really like it so uh, yeah the, the american barley wine as, as well came in was it 1970 something um I'd, i have no idea i yeah i <laughs> left my notes in the car That's oh how prepared you? i am yeah <laughs> got a copy of red annuals just by my side i can flick through <laughs> no well the the uh the main important parts to know it is just that the the Unlike what you might know of the traditional English barley wine that will have quite a big, strong malt character to it, as well as maybe some esters, um, especially the darker ones are going to have some of that sort of dark fruit ester yeah. thing going on. With American barley wine, it is much more about that bitter dry finish and about that hop flavor cutting through just enough so that it stops that big, sweet beer being too cloying and, and and makes it something that's refreshing while still being incredibly heavy i see because that, that, like that's that's what i find with barley wines because i mean i haven't tried a lot of different barley wines like, i've definitely had some but it's it's never a style that i go oh yeah that's what i really fancy right now i really fancy a nice barley wine <laughs> and I don't, yeah. I don't know why because i imagine there's probably some fantastic examples out there um, yeah yeah but- it's, it's just if you could order almost less than a third can i just have can i just have a 50 mil yeah it's yeah. almost that. like a, a dessert beer yeah itself. yeah like a digestive sort of like yeah. bit something you want after a like really heavy meal but but then do you really want to like that really sort of like i don't know because i always find them quite yeah multi yeah. sweet sort of fella going it's in. meant to be very mouth coating as well so yes yeah yeah exactly 
Maybe if you've had more like a citrus pudding rather than a big heavy chocolate pudding. Or like a cheese board. Ooh. Yeah, cheese Ooh. would work. Yeah. yeah, I think cheese really would work with yeah. it, actually. Because you have cheese in port, so like cheese in a barley wine. Mm. Ah, now we're talking. Getting ideas. Have we got any cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so there's uh, not much else to discuss about the uh, the recipe, unless there's any other surprises. Uh, I think the coconut orange fake was probably enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it sounds remarkable. It really does. I just like, hope it tastes as good as it sounds then. Yeah, uh, hopefully. So, I mean... I think now it's probably a good chance to try some beers. Or have you got have you got any news? I've got a small bit of beer, yay, beer, yay. It's time for the beer news, yay. Um, it's it's exactly the same news as it was this time last year. It's green hop season or hop season or whatever you want to call it. It's the time at which the hops on the binds are good to go. So if you are planning on doing a style uh, known as a green hop beer, uh, some people call it wet hop. I think as well. That seems reasonable. It, yeah, it, it's it's just basically dry the hops though. Dry the hops. Yeah, do you, like, like like don't just like get them out when it's raining. Don't like don't just go. Oh right, it's raining, no, like, no. Like, right. At least yeah. towel them off a bit. Yeah, don't. You don't want them actively wet. You don't want wet hops. But but you don't want to dry them in the way that hops are sometimes dried. Yeah. You see, want, see, see, just... see, see, wet hop. It's it, it's a bad it's description. All, this is why green works. Green hop. Green yeah. hop. Yeah. So. If you want to do a beer that utilizes all of that uh, sort of f- the freshness of a hop uh, and maximize it, now's the time. Uh, go out, find find all the people you can who grow hops. Um, a lot of people do in their back gardens. There's just, some out the front of my house if anybody wants them. Yeah, it's just just, just going just, just growing wild. Um, so Don't grab them, bung them in a beer. In fact, that might actually be the next episode. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I mean, I think we know. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> As long as someone knows. That's that. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the main thing. Should we should that's we get the a end beer? of the news? Yeah, let's get a beer. Okay then, Darren, what have we got first? So first up, we have Brewdogs Abstract Twenty Five. I think Ooh. for uh, all Brewdog sins, we did do quite a nice barley wine. Yeah. Well, let's find out. Mm. It looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. All right. I appreciate the glasses as well. Yeah, very nice glasses. You've got to have great glassware. <laughs> you've got to have the right glassware yes so yeah it's sort of a not quite reddish sort of a dark chestnutty sort of colour yeah it's got a little bit of a red tinge almost to it carbonation uh, you said it wasn't pouring very fizzy but yeah I it's, think it's quite low but for the style low to moderate I think is okay yeah and, it uh, smells absolutely fantastic right yeah I've stuck my nose in enough now I should probably actually go on have a sip Mike go on treat yourself Mm. Not as not as heavy and sweet as I was expecting. Oh, and then there's that alcohol burn. Yeah, <laughs> definitely better beers at the back. Yeah, this is uh, we so we've hit the ground running here. We've not had any warm up beers. Well, m- neither me nor Cal have. I don't know if you've preloaded nope. at all. No, that's <laughs> preloaded before the barley wine episode. <laughs> Good show. So yeah, we we have jumped uh, jumped into the deep end at thirteen percent. This one, I believe. Yeah, so it's a thirteen percent. Um, Bourbon barrel aged, by the mm. way. Nice. Ah, because here I have supplied to me by you earlier. Yes, when uh, I, I said there was no other twists, I lied. <laughs> just, just absolute lie to us. Yeah, bare faced. Sorry. Um, there was also some oak bourbon barrel chunks bought from the malt miller. Yeah. A couple of those in there as mm. well, just to kind of round things out a little. Ah, it's, it smells amazing. Yeah, I 
could stick my whole face in there and I'd be very happy. I think I could stick them in my pillow and just sleep with it. <laughs> I mean, you could try that. It's probably not the a bad show. Kick off a little bit. Yeah, lovely. Smell. That is absolutely beautiful. And uh, yeah, picking up slight amounts of uh, that bourbon sort of notes. Yeah, I, I, I did find it quite sweet at the start. You get a little bit of vanilla coming yes, through, I think, yeah. from the, the bourbon barrel. Mm. It's it, kind of difficult because with uh, weaker beers that have had elements of spirits sort of uh, either added through a tincture or um, through chunks of barrel that have been aged with it, you get that sort of... Sp- it's not quite the burn from the spirit, but it's definitely a flavour of that is definitely a spirit. In, in in your mind, you go like, oh yeah, there's some spirit yes, going yeah, on yeah. there. Whereas this is quite... Being 13%, I think I would get that flavour regardless. So it is kind of tricky to pick out like oh that's definitely an addition of a spirit or or, or it's definitely oak. been aged in the the, the barrel or yeah yeah you know, okay blends together yeah yeah i mean i wouldn't i i wonder how long they've aged that for do, do, uh, do, i think six months okay if i checked on tap correctly yes yeah <laughs> i it, it, the thing is it is very subtle that's the thing like yeah. it's i mean you wouldn't want a pint of it I don't think there's many barley but, wines I want a pint of. No, here. but it is it is very drinkable. Yeah, I don't mm. think it's quite as mouth coating or as chewy as no. barley wines can be. No, no, definitely not. Like, I don't. I don't feel like I'm sat here going, I could really do with I don't know something to scrape this out with. Yeah, like, some cheese. Some, some cheese. water biscuits here. We'll oh, there is job. water biscuits. <laughs> but yeah, like it, I, I think that's very nice. I'm, I'm, I'm quite impressed. Like, yeah, there, there, there is more character to it, but it's not. It's not sort of that English style barley wine where you, you you definitely got like almost a bite from the malt itself because it's a literally you take the words apart barley wine wine made from barley like yeah it, it uh, some of them definitely do have that bite and this this is still quite smooth and but there there is a darker malt presence it's just not in your face it's, I think maybe they just went with a bit of a darker crystal a bit more mm. of that yeah I think it's worked out well. Should yeah. we try another one? Yeah. While good. we're here. Yeah. All right, what we got here then, Mike? Oh, we've got a very special one by a brewery that's close to our hearts. I, I presume yours and, as well. And also our postcodes. And our postcodes. Yeah. It's Sirencraft. Do some fantastic beers. They do. And this particular barley wine is made in 2017. So this is a beer that they've, I mean, not this one particularly, but the Maiden series has been going for quite a while, hasn't yes, it? Yes, one a year. One a year for as many years as there has been years, I assume. <laughs> or five. Or five. <laughs> or five. I mean, well, you know, somewhere in between maybe. <laughs> for as many years as there's been years, or five. It's probably five, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. what can you tell us about it? Um, probably it's, not it's, a lot. Yeah, it? it's, it's one of their yearly specials. They age uh, beer in lots of different types of barrels. And yeah. then have a big old blending party where they just blend it. Just all. a big old blending party. And, uh, See, that sounds amazing. I know, it yeah. sounds brilliant, doesn't it? I'd love to get invited to a blending party. I'm not sure if party is the right word. It sounds like a party, Mike. Yeah. You said the word party. That's I'm true. going to assume it's a blending party. Oh, should I tell you how, about my how I got really disappointed story earlier? Yes. Yeah. Why not? So I was doing some research into barley wines. Uh, one of the traditional methods of making it involves what's called a party guile. Right. Yeah. Which... Blending uh, party girl? Sorry? A blending party girl? Uh, yeah. Oh, I oh. like that. <laughs> but uh, just for... I'd, I'd known the term for years. It, it's basically the, the 
where you take sort of the first runnings of the wort and yeah. then you brew with that and it makes a very strong, very delicious beer. Yeah. And then you use the second runnings for a weaker beer that's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but for years, I literally thought it was two words, the first word party ending in a Y and is the it, second word Is it guile. not? It's not. Oh. It's it's See, PA- now you've ruined my day as well. Yeah. What? Thanks for thanks for sharing the ruin. P A R T I oh. hyphen guile as so in as in a partial guile. Right. Okay. So, so like with that I, you can't even do the joke. No. It's just it's rubbish. That it's uh, rubbish. They should get their act together. Yeah. Words. Yeah. How, dare, how dare you not do what you should be doing? So anyway, enough about your yeah. disappointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, mine, thanks. They they do this massive blending uh, once a year and it, it make something incredible that is exclusive to that year. So we have got the 2017 vintage. Like it, it's yeah, a blending uh, thing. Yeah. So I don't know if it's makes vintage. It sound classy. Yeah. It does make it, does, it sound it classy. Does. And again, another wax top, which yeah. uh, you another seem to really enjoy, Darren. I'm glad you got pictures of me struggling with two wax tops already. <laughs> and uh, more of these fantastic little glasses. I'm sure there's a story there. Marcella glasses. Yeah. yeah. I like them. They are good. So, I mean, colour-wise, it's very similar. It's a little bit darker, like not quite as red. But on the nose, it smells fairly similar. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just my yeah, kind of untrained nose. I think, uh, yeah, at first. It was a little bit more complex than those, I think, but that might be largely due to it being, I think, a little bit older than the Abstract 25. Yeah, yeah I think that's one possible. of the things with barley wine. It's meant to be aged for quite a long time to get that complexity. Yes, yeah. It, it needs that time to kind of settle into itself, really. Yeah. Mm. Like a nice curry. Definitely getting that uh, more sort of a rummish flavour. So whereas the other one would, would definitely bourbon. Yes, yeah. And, and as well as oakiness, this, this sort of brown sugar, rummy sort of... Yeah. Yeah, was working for dried fruit esters yes. in there as well. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's much more complex in the flavour as well. Mm. I think so. Anyway, I'm finding it more puzzling. Puzzling. Mm. I would say Ooh. there was yeah. definitely more carbonation when we opened the bottle. That was yeah. obvious, and it's definitely a bit stickier, a bit more chewy. Yeah, I think. I mean, the level of carbonation um, that's in the bottle as well will help with the like bringing the nose out as well a lot. Yeah, there's so a lot. That's of probably why we're it's kind of light tan that's kind of lasting a lot longer yeah than it did for the abstract mm. but yeah there's just there's a nice mix of a more intense malt more intense bitterness more intense esters as you said there's, there's that all those sort of uh, dark viscous fruits. as well yeah more intense mouthfeel oh, really quite viscous like like yeah that's good that's the sort of thing that you do you know when you get like um, a smoothie or something and you get it with one of those straws that has like the wide bottom on looks like a little spoon I don't have any for you to drink it through that, but that, <laughs> like, if I was to drink it a straw not that I would but if I was to use a straw to drink this that's the type of straw I feel I would need yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get away with any cocktail straws like, you know those little thin fellas I don't, I don't think that would no. go through no. a paper straw would not yeah, last. Oh, oh, no way it would just, it would just oh, collapse just straight dissolve like a, just like a, gone like a flan yeah or a souffle out of the oven yeah but beer straw in a beer what are you tasting Mike yeah all sorts this is lovely yeah, yeah. you enjoying it well it's just good it's it's just more it's a, the only thing it's There's not more, more is bourbon but that's yeah. fine um, if, if you want bourbon you can drink it it's definitely got a much more um, a rounded finish to it I think it, it doesn't have that and it doesn't have the bitterness that really kind of cuts through. Like, it's lingering a lot longer in my mouth. The booze is a lot more subtle. 
Yes. Well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It Where is it, helped by being a bit weaker, but not by a lot. Right, 11% is uh, not exactly a session. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I wouldn't want a pint of. I think Mike wants a pint of it. No, I think this is good enough that I would buy a third for the table. When uh, Siren opened their tap yard a couple of years ago, I remember Dan coming around with what I think was a 2014 bottle and a Magnum. Nice. And, a yeah, magnum. I, I would be quite happily taking the Magnum wow. out at home. Yeah. yeah. Special edition. Yeah. Hand painted as well, I believe. Yeah, limited edition for special events. That sounds that sounds intense. They know how to go big. <laughs> and with this one, I, I, I think they really have. Do you mind if I have a look at the bottle? Because yeah. I haven't had a look at the bottle yet. I do always love their bottles, though. It's always the same artwork, though, that, which I kind of like. Yeah, but in all fairness, it's banging artwork. Mm. But we are moving to cans and they have mm. updated their uh, their branding very recently yes yeah they have we've so got the we, new pump clips in yeah but they did save it for things like odyssey and made and they will be sticking to the, the same size of bottles nice same artwork or i believe so but someone might want to correct me yeah because i i like that it's it's exactly the same except for the year number that's the only thing that changes yes, yeah. yeah and the year number is printed front and center in the in the image as well Yes, yeah. I mean, do they change the colour of the wax on the top, do you know? Don't think so. Always gold. I think, uh, yeah, they've changed the type of wax. Like, some years, uh, having worked at the pub uh, where we actually sold bottles of this, some years were a lot harder to get into than others. This was a hard year. Yeah, (laughs) 2017. (laughs) Yeah, so... Can you remember any of the really good years? um, Yeah, 2013 was good. Right, okay, so uh, Siren, 2013's wax just like whatever else you want to change that's cool but go back to 2013's wax and there was one that was <laughs> i think there was a out. shrink wrap as well or am i remembering that right there might have been a different barley wine sounds insane no way they're using shrink wrap so it, like you know gold wax effect shrink wrap no i must be think- thinking of someone else what like a like one of those uh, toffee pennies from a box of quality streets no like you know like the the top of a bottle of wine all oh, right okay yeah no, no, I, 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 I don't think that was them, but no, I know what you mean now. But maybe if it was like a toffee penny, that would be unique in its own way. Just put a toffee penny on top. <laughs> we're just we're talking absolute horseshit here. Yeah, Should barley we... wine does that. <laughs> it will. Does anybody else have anything they particularly want to say about this beer? Because I mean, like, I, I, feel, I think it's cracking. I feel it's the perfect option to have a bit of six degrees of Andy Parker. Oh, there we go. Okay, so in twenty sixteen with uh, Siren's Maiden. Um, we used the second running so we, we did a party go and drove the second runnings around in the forklift across the road to Andy who made a beer himself with it uh, I believe was called Two Up Two Up Amazing Which oh yeah that, that was the one he marketed as a baby barley wine didn't yeah. he Yes yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- ah. I think I've had that as well it was, it was nice Fantastic It's nice when It's, lovely. Like, it's nice when breweries share isn't it and yeah. I mean it's helpful that Andy is literally just across the road Yeah they could like throw stuff into a Teddy's brewery yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly I'm not encouraging that anyone from Siren throws stuff at Andy <laughs> well, no <laughs> no you know, no, no don't know. don't don't do that because he's, he's too nice he's just too nice so there you go six degrees uh, I think that's uh, probably so if we're drinking the beer that uh, might have been I think that's two degrees of separation close enough yeah yes should noteworthy should we have another beer yeah brilliant. So, Cal, what's beer number three? 
Uh, beer number three is a collaboration between Tiny Rebel and Sirencraft. So, you know, Sirencraft, they, they've got priors for doing barley wines. You can't so get this, away from them. I know, right? Uh, this is a dark cherry and chocolate barley wine. And it was for Tiny Rebel's seventh birthday. They did a box of uh, various collaborations where it was Tiny Rebel with someone. And they did a whole range of beers. And this one happens to be a barley wine. So, yeah, you're looking for... Dark cherry and chocolate, I assume, and a barley wine. It already smells so different to the other two. Does it? Yeah. I, I, I've, I've just been looking at the can because the artwork is it's, just it's, phenomenal. It's one of those busy, hectic, cartoony there's, ones. There's, there's, there's Sirencraft's uh, little logo there in a, a thing with Tiny Rebel. And yeah, it's insane. Like We'll have to take a photo of that and put that up because that's banging. I like that. I'm going to yeah. smell it now. Yeah. So you've had a sip, Darren? Yeah, I think for the aroma, you get a bit of a cherry and maybe like a little bit of woods, but not like um, spirit cask or anything. Just a bit kind of like virgin oak or something. Mm, definitely cherry. You don't yeah. really get the chocolate until you have a taste. Yeah. I mean, even just the color of it, it's a lot redder. Like, mm. so the, like, like you're seeing the, the, the sort of cherryness already there, like the anticipation of the cherry. Yes. Like, yeah, maybe it's on gonna... your head. Yeah. Oh, I've just had that sip. I think it's maybe slightly hazier, but it might be my dodgy pouring of the can who knows <laughs> but yeah definitely that cherry at first but then yeah you're right that smooth easy chocolate oh wow just, just carries on did they mention if you use cocoa nibs or is it chocolate malt let me let me have a little um so i can just read out the read out all the all the yellow gump on the back seven years and seven beers means seven new cans we're celebrating our seventh birthday the only way we know how Seven exciting collabs with a selection from our tiny Rebel Alliance. Uh, Siren have played a huge part in everyone's craft beer journey. I mean, they're not wrong. Um, we have admired their brewery, uh, pushed the boundaries. Nothing seemed more fun than 11% dark cherry and chocolate barley wine that might even barrel age some. It doesn't say anything about ingredients. How they've got that in there. Oh, hold on, hold on. Um... Yeah, coca chocolate nibs, sweet dark cherry fruit. Um, yeah, and then just obviously barley, malted wheat, hops, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Nice. And it's, I mean, you can taste it. Like, you can taste mm. that dark cherry yeah. like, and the, the chocolate just sings through. And it's not even really that sweet. No, it's not as sweet as Maiden, for sure. And the chocolate lingers. Like, I had a sip well before I read out all of that gumph. And I'm still here before you finished. Still getting chocolate. Mm. That's amazing. It's very smooth, very rolling chocolate. It's not. It's not spiky. Or sometimes they get sort of dusty chocolate, and it's yeah. It's just nothing worse than dusty chocolate. Mm. <laughs> I'd no. say the alcohol is maybe a little bit hotter than then. Yes, it's possible. One. Yeah, less I mean, to hide it. Yeah. Um. I. You don't really hear much about chocolate liqueurs. Eleven. So I, I don't know if it's eleven percent. No, you know it's it's, it's a similar ABV. Yes. Is yeah. It, what age is it? Uh, well, this would have been this year. Okay. So because um, so, I think I got the box, it'd have been well. It's around about the same sort of time as Nag's birthday, the Nag's head in Reading, isn't it? So that would yeah. have been March, I think, yeah. was when it came out. So however long they've aged that for, I, I imagine they probably brewed it the year before yeah. and then let it sit. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it'd be interesting to see what this would be like in like five years. Mm. But I don't think we're going to get a chance to try that now. I've opened this can, probably not, because <laughs> it's the only can I got of it. 
I think I might have one. Oh, is it? I also home? got that seven can set. We meet so. back here in five years. And we'll, <laughs> Deal. Yeah. yeah. I'll try to get another made in, in abstract. And we'll do it off the again in five years. Yeah. yeah. Made in 2022, I guess would be five years. From I guess so, yeah. How does time work? Forward, mate. Forward. Right. Normally. Good. All right. So, well, yeah, I, that that is brilliant. Like, uh, Have you got a favourite of... Um, I'm going to go for Maiden just because it's a classic. It is. It is classic. I mean, so I'm 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 raptured up in the um the artwork again. I was just looking at this. They've got this like large thing and it says observation station, and it seems to be in a big big tank. And I don't robots floating about. I don't know. There's a whale. It, it's yeah. it's brilliant. It almost looks a bit like a bottle rinser. It yeah, it does. It does. It's it's very interesting, but. I think personally, I don't, I don't know if it's just because it's the last one I've had, but this, it's been the most interesting, I think. Like, with the cherry, the dark chocolate, I, I found it, because I'm not a massive fan of barley wines, I, I never really go out my way to try them, um, or at least to drink them regularly. Whereas this one, I think because it has something to cut through that, you know, quite intense. Yeah, the quite intense mouthfeel. Um, it makes it I don't know, maybe a bit more accessible. Yeah, I think it's one of the things with barley wines. You don't often see them in bars, mainly because people aren't going to order a pint of it. It's going to tie up a line for mm. a very long time. Yes. So people tend to buy it as bottles, stash it away for a little while. Yeah. Okay, keep them to themselves for a bit. Mm. Whereas, like, kind of like imperial stouts and um, like imperial IPAs and stuff like that, people do tend to buy. I mean, not yeah. not in pints, but they tend to they tend to go a little bit quicker. So mm. it it just I don't know. There's something about it seems more acceptable to like order a half of imperial stout than a half of barley wine. Just feels like too much. Maybe it's because they're just so used to like their granddad's drinking barley wine and yeah. that's that's what they remember so may, maybe it's just a bit of a stigma that needs to be gotten over i think there is like a cult behind the barley wine though yes a lot of people with the hashtag barley light barley wine is life all <laughs> oh, right okay <laughs> i have never seen this uh, but yeah, we could, have to investigate this I'm we should definitely lambic, put that on our tweets <laughs> yeah all right uh, well because uh, we did the whole black ipa um episode without knowing IPA about the, the bipper comeback yeah yeah, yeah, we did. It's a very successful hashtag. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> there's this, there's another one. There's another link. Oh God, he's everywhere, isn't he's he? He's everywhere. Um, but he's yeah. actually here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he's sat in the corner. He's not saying anything. <laughs> Hi, Andy. <laughs> he's not here. No, that was a lie. No. Um, but yeah, uh, I haven't gone back and tried them all. The the brew dog. Yeah. Uh, after having the Siren Craft, we all sort of agreed that going back and trying the brew dog, or you, you can taste the bourbon a lot more strong. Yeah, it really, really sings through. Um, but going back and trying the maiden after this tiny rebel, it ju- it's it's just big. It's I'll try that. It's 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 like a beer, but it's just massive. And I like beer. Oh god, it is massive. That's really good. Yeah. Oh, they're all really good. Think- well done, everyone. <laughs> Potentially, it's also the um. The temperature we've been served at, and as they're warming a bit more, getting, getting a, bit a bit more, more flavour out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good point. I mean, what what is the optimum temperature for barley wine serving? I would say kind of ten, twelve degrees. Yeah, yeah. so like cellar temperature. Yeah, maybe a little bit warmer. No, it's not. But I, that tends to bring out the alcohol. I find a bit more as well. Yeah. Like the warmer it gets, the more you get that sort of like 
uh, spirit. That burn. Sort of burn. Yeah. yeah, that way you kind of feel it evaporating off your tongue. Mm, especially if it's first drink of the day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know what I like for my Cocoa Pops. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, I mean, Lovely style, yeah. I think um, next episode... Are we going to try and take a run and add some green hop if there's some kicking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get hold of some green hops and I'm going to, I think what I'm, oh, I'll get into it next episode. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's, it's green a good hops idea. Pale ale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and as usual, um, you know, if you do want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter um, and various other forms of social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, um, pretty much just at by the mash ton across the board. Uh, if you want to get in contact via the email, it's by the at gmail.com. If you've got any questions um, about what we've talked about today or on any of the other episodes, just get in contact. We will answer what we can the best we can. Uh, if we can't answer, we will either find out for you or we will point you in the right direction. Uh, we are just homebrewers. We're not experts <laughs> in any sort of way. We've just been doing it a while and made a lot of mistakes. Oh, yes. Um, if you've got any questions about equipment um, or ingredients, please contact our partners at The Malt Miller. Um, and they are always happy to help. They helped me out a lot when I first started. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure they probably helped Mike out a lot. Yeah, good bunch um, of guys. Yeah, I'm sure Darren's probably interacted with them on a yeah, number of occasions. Um, Rob and Martin, lovely guys. Yeah, always very helpful. <clears throat> so yeah, like get in contact with them. But I think that's pretty much about it from us today. So, you know, yeah. I'm going to say goodbye. Yeah, I, I think uh, Darren should say goodbye as well. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Let's well, just end it there. Yeah. Thank you very much, Darren. Just had me. Thank you. Bye. Bye.